hump day i hope you guys are having an amazing week so far and an amazing official first ye- first week of the new year um for me 2020 is actually starting off very right and very positively because from now well from the first until now which is the seventh i've actually hung out and met with a very substantial amount of my really close friends and family which as you guys know I don't leave my house much isn't something that always happens let alone happens so quickly in the year and it's been really nice and fun um for whatever reason lots of people are having events and get-togethers dinners and things like that and I've been absorbing all of it while also um doing the things I need to do, starting the year off, right? Being organized and hitting the ground jogging so that I can maintain my pace. Um, Another thing is that I've kind of been having the opportunity to meet a lot of new people. And what I'm noticing is that with that comes the need for adaptation. Um, I love my comfort zone. I love knowing the people I know and absorbing their energy and kind of just staying there because it's safe it's comfortable you don't have to think or expose yourself to new stimuli or new opportunities but it can also stifle your growth to and your potential for greatness because you just want to stay where you know and not really venture out of that so with meeting new people I've really had to keep in mind that my comfort zone what I'm used to my core principles and beliefs are not necessarily the same as other people's and that's where being flexible and being open-minded comes in handy um not everything that somebody new brings to the table is something that you're going to want to take a bite of but it's important to not turn your nose up at somebody else's reality or to not be so rigid that you can't adapt just because it's not operating in the way that your status quo so I think this year because I know I actually know what I want for this year I've set my goals and my intentions I know the life that by God's grace I'll be afforded this year and that is gonna be a lot of new opportunities being in rooms with new people dealing with all manners of people and vendors so I think God is really just starting me off with a teaser of that to get me prepared because I told you guys and as I always do that you don't want to enter the door you've always wanted open to you and squander it because you're not prepared or you're not equipped with the tools necessary for the success of this new place that you've been trying to get to so for me I'm super happy and excited with this the way this year it's starting off and I really hope that you guys are as well my voice is a little froggy because I'm kind of getting my first cold-ish situation of the year but I'm really trying to conquer and battle it with vitamin c and peppermint and all that good stuff so if I sound really froggy today that's why hopefully by next week it'll be gone because we can't afford to be down this (laughs) this early in the year and I hope you guys also had a chance to meditate on the words to live by which were how much work can you actually put in and to be very honest this was a wake-up call for me like the whole pace episode of last week was a wake-up call for me and one of the things I've determined 
Well, I've actually known, but one of the things I have confirmed is that I can be quite lazy. And it's interesting because when people see the things I've accomplished and the things in in a short period of time and my determination to do things, they would assume that I have like the most amazing work ethic. And I am always the first one to tell people that I'm regular and that my work ethic is not all that at all. I often fall victim of just being tired or not wanting to push, especially when the things that are necessary for my goals aren't necessarily the things that I find desirable. That's when the laziness and the non-motivation really kicks in. And um, one of the th- another thing that I really noticed is that how much work can you actually put in should be accompanied with how much work should you be putting in. Because there are times where, yes, I could wake up at 10 or let's say I could wake up at 8 and I can actually do that. But if I'm constantly waking up at 9 because that extra hour of sleep sleep just hits differently when you're exhausted and I know that I should be pushing and putting in more work, maybe I'm not actually working at the potential of my greatness. And with the way my year went last year... um. And just sitting here reflecting on how quickly things happened for me just because I decided I wanted to do them. I'm becoming more and more aware that every moment does really count. And you'll never understand the way six months, two months, a week of dedication can really catapult you forward. And how a week of laziness or a month of laziness can really delay you maybe by a year or so because if anyone had told me January 1st 2018 sorry 2019 that I'd be where I am today January 8th 2020 I never would have believed them because I feel like I I would have felt like the work that was required for me to get to where I am would have been way too much and it wouldn't have been possible. But it's just that dedication. So understanding and keeping your pace and being realistic with yourself and also knowing when you're underperforming because you can be you can be productive and effective, but still be underperforming at your potential. And that's I think what people don't understand. People think that it's if I'm going to the gym versus if I'm sleeping. It can also be if I'm going to the gym and lifting five pounds of weight versus if I'm going to the gym and lifting the 25 pounds that's actually realistic and I'm strong enough to to lift. So it's really important to do that wake-up call and it's not just always am I doing something is better than nothing. You have to also assess whether the something that you're doing is at the level of something that you should be doing and that you're capable of, even if it will take you a little bit of discomfort, but it's something that you can actually maintain because that's when I think we really pull greatness out of ourselves and when we build our muscles. is It's not when we're carrying the three pounds. It's when we're carrying that 25 pounds that we may grunt a little, but we can do that curl or we can do that lift but it just takes a little more out of us. That's when our muscles start to pop and we become who we're really aligned in destiny to be. So yeah, that was kind of long for my intro, but I I was just feeling these things. And um, I think it's just important to talk to you guys about what I'm feeling. I want to be extremely candid with you guys. And as I said, the things I'm telling you, I'm not just, I know they're not easy and they're not, they're not just 
I don't want you guys to think I'm just here yelling at, I'm like telling you or preaching to you about things that I've conquered. Lots of the things I talk to you guys are about are things that I'm still currently going through and working through. And because of that is why I feel that I can be very honest and candid and why you guys can be very receptive because I'm not telling you stories about a life I've never lived. I'm going through the process and the motions and I'm going through it just with just the same way you guys are probably going through it. And half the time when I'm talking, I'm actually talking to myself, not even to you guys. <laughs> so for this episode, this week, I'm going to be talking about imposter syndrome. And I'll just start off with the definition of imposter syndrome, which is a collection of feelings of inadequacy that pers- persist despite of evident success. And I feel that imposter syndrome is something that is extremely common and that a lot of us deal with. And with imposter syndrome comes feelings of self-doubt. So you get that thing you want and, or you're on your way to achieving something that you've been actually working hard for, but you start to doubt your ability to do it. And this doubt can come in as fear and anxiety. But another thing to note is that having imposter syndrome or imposter complex, whatever you want to call it, is is not necessarily coupled with feelings of depression or anxiety. It can Someone with imposter syndrome can be the most normal, well-balanced person, but the moment that um, they enter into certain rooms or certain situations, they just start to feel heavy self-doubt of their ability to be there. And another, another prevailing feeling of imposter syndrome is um, the feeling of being a fraud or feeling as if you, your place in a certain situation is fraudulent and that you've pretty much pulled the wool over everybody's eyes by getting there. And another feeling is that imposter syndrome overrides the feeling of success or proofs of confidence. And why this is important is because you you can be that person who's gone to school gotten good grades, gotten a job based on your academic ability, are performing well in that job and still feel imposter syndrome. You can get a promotion and still feel imposter syndrome. You can be a CEO and still feel imposter syndrome, or you can be entry le- an entry-level clerk and you can still feel imposter syndrome. And I feel that it's important to talk about the variations of it and the ways that it presents itself so that you can know that it's not just for the uber successful or the people who have accomplished and amassed great riches or great success. It's it's for the normal person who's going through life and just not really feeling like they belong where they are or that they deserve the things that they have. And the reason why I feel like it's very important to acknowledge imposter syndrome, especially at the beginning of the year, like I am right now. It's actually been a, an, an episode topic that I wanted to talk about, I'd say probably since October, but I just couldn't find the words and how to place it appropriately. But this week, it just really hit me that I think it's time for me to discuss it. And the reason why, as I said, it's important to acknowledge imposter syndrome is because once you've set your pace for the year, Imposter syndrome can really, really be that left, left an unexpected consequence or 
unexpected phenomena that really messes you up and slows you down because it's one thing to set your pace and know this pace is realistic and when you're maintaining that pace and great things are coming to you imposter syndrome can be that that um, boogeyman in the closet that you wouldn't have even expected to be an issue for you to have to deal with and when imposter syndrome creeps up on you like that as you've as you've set yourself up appropriately and you're working hard and you're doing your due diligence it can seriously affect your ability to continue at that pace and it can affect your ability to continue to progress at the level that you should be so once you you need to understand that this is a thing and it's not it's not uncommon and it's not just a one off for one person i feel like almost all of us will get to to um get in situations where we'll feel like do we actually deserve or do do we actually belong in these places where we are for me with my book i'd say for a split second there was there was or were a few moments where i'd be like did i really do this and people would it would be more so when people were giving me accolades on how the book has affected them and how the book has made them feel that i'd really stop and be like are you sure you're talking about my book like I don't, I wrote it. It wasn't that difficult for me to write. So, um, that my book really couldn't have shifted things for you, but it was a really, and when I realized what I was doing to myself, I had to quickly snap out of that because it was, it was actually a disservice to the work I've put in and a slap in the face to the effort that I've consistently put in. And the thing is that with imposter syndrome, it's not like, you getting a job because your your parent is golf buddies with the CEO of the job and you don't actually have the necessary skills required because yes then you can feel like a fraud because sorry to admit it to you low key you may be a fraud <laughs> like getting a job without the credentials just because of who you know and being put into that space where you're expected to perform at the level of people who do know their stuff can be very overwhelming and yes you can feel like a fraud because you are but imposter syndrome is not that it's you actually putting in the necessary work and irrespective of the fact that you have the success the accolades and the mental ability to be doing what you're doing and to have access to the rooms and the people that you have access to you still feel inferior and as if you've pulled the wool over their eyes another reason why it's important to acknowledge um imposter syndrome is because you'll often acknowledging it will allow you to check yourself because you'll often feel like you don't deserve what you have and you'll wonder why you and in me giving ways to reduce or or beat imposter syndrome i'll kind of touch more on solutions for that but imposter syndrome will actually have you out here feeling like i'm capable of this but other people are too so why why are good things happening to me? And that is a very slippery and victim mindset to get yourself in. And it's one that will really have you reassessing your, your prevalence in every single space you're in. And yes, of course, there will be people in this world who have the same attributes as you, who maybe even have more qualifications than you. And it's important to 
not compare ourselves to that person and to really not don't don't turn your blessings into curses by constantly feeling like you getting something that you want and you deserve is is always always needs to be diminished by the fact that other people didn't get it because you did because that's just life you know some people will get stuff and some people will not get stuff because there are there are limited resources and times for everybody like this may just be your moment but that feeling of why did I deserve this why did I get it they said that there was a hiring pool of 100 people why am I the one they gave the job to and and feeling like you don't deserve it is one of the things that is really prevalent with um, imposter syndrome. And one of the reasons why it's important to acknowledge that imposter syndrome is a thing so you can kind of check yourself when you start to think these thoughts. And the third reason why it's important to acknowledge imposter syndrome and for us to have this discussion that we're having today is because when imposter syndrome really takes a hold of you psychologically and starts to make you feel like you need to shrink yourself because you don't belong anywhere good or that you don't deserve good things. What happens is that it, it'll start to hinder you and stop you from progressing. And people might think that this is crazy, but it's actually very easy for you to stop progressing and stop pushing. And because, uh, and because of the fact that this is in our heads and as I said, you'll have success and you'll be working hard, but in your mind, you'll still feel you won't deserve it. You won't even understand or notice the switch up, the moment where you could apply for a better job, but you don't because do I would I really deserve that? If I get there, um, if I actually got the job, would I be taking it away from somebody who deserves it more than me? It, the moment where you stop pushing and being ambitious or sharing your ideas because people like will people look at me and think that all these things I'm talking about I think I'm an expert when I know when I I shouldn't be an expert and will people put too much faith in me that I don't deserve and in getting into these traps of of negative or of negatively looking at yourself and negatively gauging your abilities in comparison to the world even though it's unfounded and unjustified you, um Without you realizing it, you'll start to actually stop doing what you're supposed to be doing. And you'll start to shrink yourself. And what happens at this point is that your creativity levels stop, your ambition stops, and you like unintentionally reduce your pace to zero or to very low. Just because of the fact that you're starting to feel like you're a fraud in those spaces that you're in and that you don't deserve the things you deserve. So I've come up with three ways that I think we can either reduce or beat imposter syndrome. And these three ways are mindset, self-check, and communication. Seems very simple, and I think it actually is very simple because if we put in the work and we constantly stay on top of ourselves and talk about the things we're feeling, it'll help It'll help us kind of see things more clearly and get out of this funk. And while I was doing research for this episode, um, I went on YouTube, I went on Google, I just kind of went all over the place, listened to a few podcasts. Um, I saw that even Maya Angelou and Albert, Albert Einstein had imposter syndrome. And that I find very interesting because 
you'd, you'd think that the constant praise and the constant accolades and, and I, and also the hate, because <laughs> when I feel that when you're at a place of extreme success, yes, there are people there to throw roses at your feet, but then there's also people there waiting for you to slip up and trying to check you on everything you're doing, especially for, I'd say Einstein as a scientist, you know, he brings out a theory. There are people at the door <laughs> waiting to, um, debunk these theories. So when you can reach that level of success with all of, with the barriers required, you'd, you'd think that when everybody's telling you how you've changed their lives, that you would no longer feel these feelings of inadequacy or self-doubt. But that just goes to show you that it's not about what you've accomplished. Because another thing with, um, before I get into the reduction is that you may think that if I get this degree, I'll be good enough. If I get, if I get these certifications, I'll be good enough. If I prove myself in certain ways, I'll be good enough. But what happens is that when you do those things that are required of you, they add to your prestige. Like, even though that's, it might sound a little crazy, but having a bunch of degrees behind your name or a bunch, the whole alphabet behind your name really does add to your prestige or your perceived prestige. And what happens when you have, when there's the perception of, of you being very knowledgeable is that more doors will open to you. So maybe if you got all those degrees and you stayed at your same job, you may feel that, yes, I finally deserve my space here. But as life will have it and opportunity will have it, more will be open to you. And when you enter these new levels and you're into into more spaces that give you more access and you're at more tables, the cycle will continue. The how did I get here again? And that's why it's important to really keep it in mind. So as I said, the ways to reduce or beat imposter syndrome are mindset, self-checks, and communication. So with mindset, I'd say this is probably the strongest and the most prevalent because with the definition, it's that imposter syndrome overrides feelings of success or proof of confidence. So at this point, it's it's you really training yourself and speaking to yourself and understanding that I am here because I deserve to be here. And that may be a difficult conversation to have. I think even in general, when we get good things, it's sometimes it's it almost sounds arrogant to say, I am here because I deserve to be here. Because for sometimes in us saying that or having that mentality, we think that automatically that means that other people don't deserve to be there. But what I want to tell you is that that's not the case. I am here because I deserve to be here. And yes, others deserve it too, but this isn't their time. We are not the creators of time. We are not the creators of moments. There are opportunities that will arise. And it's in when we feel it's in our best interest, we'll capitalize on those opportunities. And even capitalizing on those opportunities is not a guarantee that they'll be granted to us because I go on Indeed, well, I used to go on Indeed and I'd see job postings and I'd, I'd get a notification on my phone that a new job is available and that moment I'd apply for it and I'd, I'd finesse my resume and align everything strategically and I still wouldn't get it. That doesn't mean that I didn't do the work. It just means that for whatever reason, it wasn't my moment. And the same way that we can cut slack to other people and be happy for them when they get something that they've really wanted that, you know, other people may have wanted as well. 
is the same way we need to afford ourselves that ability to have joy and to to feel like to bask in the glory of what we've gotten because there will always be somebody else vying for a position that you have and the fact that you get it and somebody else doesn't doesn't mean that you don't deserve it or that they deserve it any less or that you should sit here and not be happy or feel as if you you've stolen something or you've tricked everybody by getting here it's just your moment and your time and for me I believe in faith I believe in alignment and there are some places where I get into and I'm like whoa how did this happen (laughs) but sometimes it's not my it's not my place to question that it's my place to now this is where I am I just need to make sure that I constantly do what is required of me to maintain and to be grateful for this position because I think when you get something that you know a lot of people have been buying for instead of feeling guilty I think the the better mindset is to be grateful for the opportunity and the fact that it was afforded to you. And because of that gratitude, ensure that you're always going to put your best in. Because it's true that there are people waiting at the door for your <laughs> for your opportunity. When I left my job, I gave them my two weeks notice on Friday, probably Friday afternoon. And by Tuesday, they were holding interviews. Tuesday. They were holding internal interviews. And... That's and that's just because that's the way life goes. So right now may be your moment in a place where other people are vying for, but it's important to understand that it's your moment because you deserve to be, and it's important to shift your mindset. So whenever you start to actually talk bad about yourself or feel like you don't deserve it, be analytical at that point. Be logical. Be like, I feel this way and this is a fact, but what are other facts? Am I actually putting in the work? every day when I have a shift? Do I come into the office and do what is required of me? Yes or no? Am I am I knowledgeable in this field? Maybe not the most knowledgeable, but am I knowledgeable enough to be doing my job? Yes or no? And when you answer yes to most of these questions, which you will, because usually real imposters don't have imposter syndrome. <laughs> it's the people who are hardworking who actually start to feel this way. And when you answer yes to all these questions, you'll see that there's uh, there's dissonance between imp- your imposter syndrome and your reality. And at this point is when you really need to do the brain and internal work to really to really reconcile the two and come out on the side of victory and knowing that this is this is negative talk that you really need to diminish and get rid of to ensure that you continue to do the great things you're doing and work at the level you're working. The second way to be or reduce imposter syndrome is to constantly give yourself self-checks. And as I said earlier, it's imposter syndrome is extremely common. And understanding that it's extremely common will will have you not falling into the trap of thinking you're above it and not catching it when it comes for you because chances are it will come for you. So constantly realizing that it's common will give you the opportunity to really catch it before it goes too far. So the day they send you an email that, oh, they want you to be in the manager's meeting, even though you you're just like an entry level employee and you start to feel like shoot 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 do i deserve this the moment that discussion comes into your head the fact that you know what imposter syndrome is and the fact that you 
you are trying to change your mindset, you'll be quick to pick up on the fact that that might be it and com- combat it before it goes too far and it has adverse effects on your ability to work. And the sh- self-check is also important because of the fact that imposter syndrome is something that's for uber successful and regular schmegular people like us, <laughs> like who are just trying our best to make it through the rounds. And knowing this is, I think, essential to really combating it because if you feel that imposter syndrome is only for people who have attained great success in their life when you're dealing with it personally in one way shape or form you may just ignore it and in ignoring it it's gonna start to snowball out of control just because you you think that your your maybe your high your job at mcdonald's is too small for you to even be experiencing imposter syndrome. But the moment that you know that it's something that happens, that can happen to everyone, irrespective of the position they're in, it'll be easier for you to keep it at the front of your mind and for you to notice its baby steps before it turns into a huge monster that's blocking you from your potential for greatness. And the third way to reduce or beat it is communication. And I'd say this is the hardest, but I'd say most one of the most necessary solutions since imposter syndrome is extremely common and something that many of us go through, it's, but don't talk about, we often feel that we're in it alone. And in talking about these feelings we have, what you'll find is that many of the people around you have also dealt with it and that you're not so special (laughs) or you're not so different that this is something that you're going through. And what I also found with speaking concerns out loud is that it makes you hear how irrational they are sometimes. You know, sometimes talking to a friend and saying, this is how I feel. And they're like, but ABC. And you're like, you're right, you're right, you're right. Getting that getting that voice out of your head and into the world and into the presence of somebody who can, who knows you well enough to talk you through your emotions and maybe bring it to your um to your forefront in a different light is something that can really help and be beneficial. So as I said, the three ways to reduce or beat um imposter syndrome is mindset, self-check and communication. So as we're entering more into this year or as we've entered into this year and we are all here trying to accomplish great things, I wouldn't want this to be the one thing that really stops you or hinders you from really giving it your all. So I hope you guys take this in and that it helps you and that it's at least one monster in the path to success that we have the necessary swords to slay and kill as soon as it rears its ugly head. Um, so the words to live by for this week in conjunction with the topic of imposter syndrome is people have more than me people have less than me but people aren't me one more time people have more than me people have less than me but people aren't me and what I call this is the you factor and what I find is that especially with dealing with feelings of inferiority and imposter syndrome is that the you factor is is one of the reasons or one of the ways that you can really alleviate these feelings of guilt. Because understanding what the you factor is, is understanding that 
irrespective of what I have that can be commonly attained. So degrees, experience, connections. The one thing that I have that nobody else has is me being uniquely me. And that can be anything. It could be, it's actually anything and everything because the you factor is the unique combination of all personality traits that make you different from the person beside you. So yes, you can be kind and people around you can be kind, but your combination of kindness with self-awareness or whatever in the ways you have it, in addition to your personality, maybe it's super lighthearted are what make you special and what make, what make it so that you are, you don't have to be guilty or you don't have to compare yourself with others. Because when you understand that you may have less qualifications than somebody else that applied for the job and you're the one who got the job, you won't sit there and feel guilty because it'll be the fact that I may have less comp- like um, qualifications on paper, but there's certain things about me that aren't cannot be written on paper that can only be experienced that put me at a different place at a different level than you, not necessarily better or worse. It just puts me in a different space. And that may have been the catalyst that was seen this time. That was the necessary push that gave me an opportunity over others. And on the flip side, when you feel like you have all the credentials, all the alphabets and everything that is needed and somebody else gets something over you that you felt you deserved, Um, understanding what the you factor is will also alleviate the feelings of needing to compare yourself to them because it's not just what's on paper that matters. And what I feel like this does is that it puts you in your own lane in a way that you, you no longer feel the need to compete in certain ways. You'll always push and strive for your best, but because of the fact that you understand that you are different, it'll give you that confidence and push to continue to move forward and not be bogged down by the comparison game or the guilt game. So I really hope that helps you guys have an amazing week and a